the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Built on lies. The number one rule is broken. Takes a lie to cover a lie. When Merrick Garland, Chicago Mafia Democrat, rat that he is, issued a proclamation, an intimidation, that parents who speak out against school boards will be investigated, will be intimidated, it wasn't a fluke. There was a reason, and now we know what the reason is. It is because sometimes the reality needs to be squashed. The reality of the agenda of the Marxist mafia, the social engineering agenda, is a lie. It's built on lies. It fails. It's why you have ghettos and slums, and you have poorly educated people, and you have services that suck, even though you're paying five times the cost of those services. So when Scott, when uh, Merrick Garland issued this proclamation, it was because of this instance with Scott Smith. They knew about this for six months. They knew that Scott Smith, 48, father of a girl who was raped by a transgender, they knew this was a, was a story that would disrupt their social engineering agenda because this story validates some of the fears that fathers and mothers had about taking teenagers, teenagers, and putting them in sexually dangerous situations. That being said, there's a, there's a mystique that you can't comment on this or you're going to be a bigot. Well, these people don't know you, yet we've adopted their, their philosophy of intimidating and indicting strangers based on preconceived notions rather than reality. These people don't know if you are related to people who may have certain proclivities that 70 years ago would have been frowned upon or not. It has nothing to do with accepting gay people. It has nothing to do with accepting transgender people. What this has to do with is, is it moral to allow grade school and high school boys to use the bathroom with girls? It's that simple. That simple. Now, if you have an IQ over 60 and you're not Lenny, you know that the answer is it is immoral to mix boys and girls in a bathroom. End of story. End of story. Bad things could happen. Will they happen all the time? No. But if it happens once to one innocent girl and she is raped viciously in every orifice, is it 
newsworthy to change course of the Marxist social engineer? The answer would be yes. So last night, after dinner with clients, because that's what I do, work even when I go to dinner, work, and I love it because my clients are my friends. I was unaware of Scott Smith, just happened to turn on the TV, and I saw this man. I saw the, the tense, the, the frustration, the desperation in his face as a father would be, let alone you were told by the school to keep a lid on it, that it would be taken care of and justice would be served. You got 47 cases in Chicago where murderers and scum and gangbangers and drug dealers are turned out after they shoot somebody to go back out and shoot somebody else. Because you have the Democrat mafia that has subverted our justice system. There is no justice anymore. Hate to break it to you. We got judges and investment groups with crooked aldermen. They run as Democrats because they are part of that mafia. And you don't know who they are until you go before them. And somehow you're going to wait and, and hope you get justice in a Democrat mafia-run state or county or city. So to keep a lid on this, Scott should have not listened to that order. And he should have went to these news organizations the day after it happened. I guess that's what normal people do. In Melrose Park, I'm the guy on trial when my daughter's raped. And I'm on trial for murder. And I'm guilty. Every single time. And so is everybody I grew up with. Because that's what this scum deserves. Who raped a freshman, a ninth grader. Did horrible, horrible things. And he is being protected by the Democrat mafia because he likes to wear heels and thongs. This is, this is the exposure of the flaw in their ideology. Just one of them. Economically, it's everywhere. Healthcare, it's everywhere. Education, just watch the news. Just watch the news and look at the people who were educated by the CPS. Brilliant. They're just brilliant. This Merrick Garland yesterday was the tell. Now, I, I, I understand I don't look at things the way normal people do. And when someone who is a known liar, if someone's a Democrat, I don't believe a word that comes out of their mouth because what they've told you by being a Democrat is they like the lie and the fraud and the corruption because they think they can benefit from it somewhere down the line. Well, you know, the funny thing is Scott Smith was not political. No, Scott Smith was a plumber. He didn't give a rip about politics. He didn't pay attention to it. What he did is he was raised in the old-fashioned America where you think these institutions, because they're occupied by so-called government officials and union teachers, you think they have your best interest in mind. There's something about this industry, this, this crime family called the teachers' union, that somehow they have this veil of grace because we all think of the old teacher in the little pants or the little skirt with the vest and the jacket and the pillbox hat. You put the apple on her desk and she's got everybody's best interest she's going to zip up your coat in the winter time it's not like that anymore these are communists these are marxists these are government supremacists that have been working to undermine the influence of the parent with the child for the last 30 years fact fact this is an opportunity for you to make a decision i understand people can't send their kids to private school it's very expensive i know I paid it. I'm worse off for it. It wasn't worth it. I sent them to the best. It wasn't worth it. What I should have done if I had 
one thing to change in my life. It would be to take my kid out of school and homeschool the child and keep them away from Democrat scourge. Scourge. Which is what Merrick Garland, the Biden administration, the teachers union, the school board, all of them. If they are in Democrat areas, this is the mission to lie to the parents, to deceive, to cheat, and to hide information of their own failure. It's quite simple. Before this happened to this girl, this institution is riddled with fraud and failures and fascism. Do you know why they want your kids vaccinated? Not because they give a rip about your kids, because they're worried about their fat asses, because every one of them is worried about themselves. They don't care about your child. If you didn't learn that last year, what do you need to learn it? You need your little girl to get raped in a bathroom? What's going to be the tipping point? Because to me, this is real simple. They exist because you participate. Stop participating. Take them out of school. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They'll be smarter. They won't be bullied. They won't be lied to by a fascist Marxist slob. Telling them the minute they're out of your car, don't listen to your mom and dad. They're old-fashioned. We're going to teach you the new math. The new way to think, the new Marxism. That's obviously what's going on. It's been going on for a while. And there are parents in Loudoun County that I found this particular woman interesting because she was raised under Chinese communism. It always seems to be the only people that recognize it for some reason, the vast majority, are people who suffered under it, people who have had their parents killed. For some reason, those third and fourth generation Americans They're just willing to bend their knee to government supremacists, to the Fourth Reich, which Merrick Garland is a part of, and Joe Biden pretends to be a figurehead, the empty suit that he is. How this idiot isn't yanked out of the office every day is astonishing to me. I get up and ask Google every day, is Joe Biden still the president, and is he still alive? When I was in China, I spent my entire school years in the Chinese Cultural Revolution. So I'm very, very familiar with the communist tactics of how they divide people, how they cancel the Chinese traditional culture and destroy our heritage. And all this is happening here in America. Now they are labeling parents and concerned citizens like me as domestic terrorists. What that can do? You may lose your freedom. I do have a question. What's next step? Is the Tiananmen Square crackdown the next? Would the parents one day risk their life just to speak out for their children? That's why I'm here. That's what we used to be. We used to do everything in this country because we wanted to make it better for the generation behind. Better. In what instance has the last three administrations, four administrations, left this country better for the generations behind in what instance this is bipartisan failure you could argue the nuances of failure that's fine but the fact of the matter is that this organization in particular until it's destroyed until the teachers union is destroyed until the public school system is massively destroyed as we know it and changed you're just going to keep doing this you're just going to keep doing this because this is the way of the, of the of the world now this is the way of america now this movement of allowing boys to go in girls' bathroom, it's everywhere in Illinois. Everywhere. And it is not going away. They don't want to listen to you. They will not let this rape detour them because this little girl doesn't matter. And the, and the 
sexual deviant, scum, scum that did it in his pumps and his miniskirt, he'll walk or a very light, very light sentence. What, what are you going to sentence him to? You're going to send him to prison? That'd be like sending me to hedonism. Go ahead, have at it. It's disgraceful and it's disgusting. And we allow it to happen. If you're a decent person, I know it's going to be hard. Take your kid out tomorrow. Otherwise, they're going to keep using you, and you will be that useful idiot that they pay these slob Marxist mafia teacher massive salaries and pensions. I understand there's good teachers, and good for you. I hope you are always a good teacher. I hope you were the one. But you've been overthrown. You didn't push back against it enough. And now to say, I'm part of it, but I'm good. Okay, prove it. Start your own online school system for the good parents and the good kids. Do something. Instead of just going along to get along. Because before you know it, you're going to have that look on your face that Scott Smith had on Laura Ingram last night. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And this poor son of a gun, he'll go to jail a lot longer than the scum that raped his daughter. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. Cause I'm a gangster love, baby. Oh, yeah. Ten years ago, I was doing a real estate deal in Illinois, and I just went up to my people couldn't view the property. They sent me up there to view the property. I got out of the car, and there was an older man dressed like a woman that was the broker. I didn't say a word. Shook my hand. I shook his hand. Walked in. He had the lipstick on the whole nine yards. I wasn't, you know, it's to, to each their own. Showed me the property. We sat down. We started to have a conversation. It was a wonderful conversation. He was a wonderful guy. He was a retired military, had three kids. He wanted to dress like a woman. He always felt that he was one and told me his story. And it was fine. I had no, no opinion of it. It's him. He wanted to dress like a girl, dress like a girl. He was a grown man. He wasn't a child. He wasn't a child. He was able to make certain decisions. And he, that's fine. You want to be a grown man. You want to dress like the opposite sex. Go ahead and do it. I have no bias against anyone that's gay. Most important people, some of, one in particular, my wife's uncle, I talk about him often. I loved him to death. Loved him to death. He was a brilliant guy. Never, ever needed it like a badge on his shirt to get some benefit. It just happened to be what he liked intimately. There's an intimate, and then there's a public. I'm not advocating that people don't have the right to do things and dress the way they want. Go, go right ahead. Hey, the world to me is a stage. Have at it. Have a good time. But when you're doing this to children, and you are then making their life unsafe by policy, by public policy, there is a problem afoot, and you need not participate. They're relying on your participation. You want to break the chain? Don't participate. That's less money they get to these corrupt districts. That's less money they steal from the people. The whole system needs to be changed. It's immoral anyway. Make people without kids pay for other kids. Make people who raise their kids pay for other kids. It's socialism anyway. That entire public school system needs to be broken. Tom, Blue Island. John, how you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? I'm aggravated, well, though. He, girls get he, raped. How do these sick, he sick people, these, these are depra- depraved people. It cannot be argued from the child to the administrator. 
Yeah, well, and my daughter goes to a public school out here, and her and her best friend, they've been best friends for eight, ten years. And it, every day I drop them off somewhere, I ask them one question, who do we not trust? And the, the answer was boys. And I said, why? Because they only want one thing. To which I originally got some pushback from the mom. You can't say that about every kid. I go, look, let them think I say that about every kid. The girls are smart enough to figure out which ones are good and which ones are bad. Until then, they're all bad because I was that age just like you were. Absolutely. And I'll tell you another thing, Tom. I think what you need to teach your kids is who not to trust as adults. Adults made this girl, put this girl in this position. The very adults she relied on to put to, to keep her safe, the teachers. The school administrators, the school board, the government, the government assisted this rapist to rape this girl. The government is to blame the teachers, the principal and the school board. Thank you, Tom, for the call. There have always been sick people in existence. He's going to rape somebody. Doesn't matter who. The job of government is very simple to protect the good people from the bad. That's your fracking job. Yet look at these Democrat hellholes. Hellholes. Look at everything they rule over. Not only is it a financial crime, which it is, it's a hellhole that doesn't do a damn thing it says it's going to do. That's why you need all the infrastructure, because they've been stealing the infrastructure money already. And you're going to pay it. Problem is, when it comes to your kids, you've got a real strong decision to make. Your kid is better off sitting in front of the TV with you than sending them to these sewers we pretend are educational. I don't think so. Ken in Geneva. Hey, uh, thanks for taking the call. I just wanted to um, really say that for the first time in probably five or six years, I'm starting to see momentum coming our way. And Really, a couple signs that are encouraging. The CEO of Southwest Airlines starting to waffle. Corporations starting to see that their earnings are going down and the people are stopping buying the product. And I just felt compelled to call because there's a lot of sick people right now in government. And it's our job to win this thing. And we have a momentum. We can't lose it. We have to put the foot on the neck and the foot on the pedal. We have to press hard. I love it. And so... Everybody out there has to do their part. Otherwise, we'll be like the White Sox where we look good for a while and we fail again. We got This is the time, and the momentum's on our side. Ken, I appreciate you taking the time to call. I really do, and you had me right up until the White Sox thing. I don't watch grown men in costume chasing balls. I find it to be a waste of my time, but to each their own. Jim, Kane County. Hello? Hi, Jim. Yeah, uh, Sean. Listen, you know, I, I, first I want to start off saying, how much we people appreciate your candor and your straight talk because your comments are right on the money every oh, time, you. every time you talk about these subjects. Uh, I, I can go back in my past growing up in the city of Chicago and recently I'm out of here. I've recently moved out of the state of Illinois. Good. I'm here visiting right now. Yes, Good. I got out. I, I spent uh, over 30 years working for the city of Chicago uh, as a police officer, and uh, I've seen this. I started in the late 60s. I've seen this as a progression, is what, what has been going on in Chicago and other places. It's been a slow drip by drip, a little bit of arsenic every day, and people have gotten used to it. They just acquiesce 
They don't care anymore. They've given up. And I'll tell you, it's very unfortunate what's happened, especially as you mentioned, schools. But the schools have been deteriorating for a long time. I raised a daughter, put her in uh, Catholic school many years ago because I've seen it uh, already in the early 70s, what was happening. And this is unfortunately what's happened now. What's happening now is, is they're allowing the criminal element to control the schools. Uh, it's, it's, I'm sorry, Jim, I'm more happy. I got to go to break. I hate to do it to you because I love the call and I love you that you served as a cop and I love that you got the hell out of here. I hope your kids follow you. I think it's wonderful. I feel terrible. I have to, it's the fastest show ever. I have to go on break. And when we get back, I've got uh, Kevin Bessler to talk a little bit more about Illinois, but at six o'clock, I'm going to take your calls again. So I apologize, but it's all worth it. It's going to be a great show. Bessler delivers that and more after time back in the news. Tell you this bunny's really coming into her own. And if you are driving down a major thoroughfare and you see somebody pulling his hair out, banging his head against the wall, the odds are it could be Kevin Bessler who reports on statewide issues in Illinois for the center square. And when you have that much much knowledge of failure, it's very frustrating. Kevin, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Sean. How are you? Very good. You know, I couldn't help but notice. We stopped hearing about the COVID numbers in Florida. We stopped hearing about the economic challenges in red states that pushed back against the fascistic government and the totalitarian shutdowns. Yet in Illinois, I'm kind of aware those numbers don't look too good when you compare them to states that kind of pushed back against COVID shutdowns and other problems. Am I right? Yeah, we're not uh, rebounding as fast as uh, some other states, job-wise at least. And, uh, I mean, there's a study I did a report on it uh, that said a lot of the blue states are catching up, but not so much here. And uh, Illinois, ironically, has implemented so many of the Democrat philosophies when it comes to extremely high minimum wages, um, the corporate tax increases that they face, the different taxes on the products and the gas costs for logistics. You would think that when you have a state that's run primarily by one party, things would be so great. After all, they keep promising a utopia. Is there any indication when we get to the Democrat utopia? Mm, Not that I can see, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere, Nowhere near it. So what factor does crime have into these? And is it factored in at all? Um, when you see that certain neighborhoods are engulfed with criminal activity and uh, the new philosophy of, of Kim Fox, uh, is that factored into to any of this failure? Uh, it's got to be, you'd think, right? I mean, I, mean I, I haven't seen any recent numbers regarding, you know, the effect, but it, it has to have an effect on just the way of life in some of these areas. Yeah, in fact, uh, uh, we lost um, a rapper. I think is he's somebody duck FGT duck and the Gold Coast. It's tragic. It's got all the news headlines, but um, they're not talking about the businesses that are boarded up and Northbrook that was uh, the victim of a, a Democrat flash mob who took sixty six thousand dollars from uh, Louis Vuitton. And what else I'm seeing is um, they told us that the heating bills were going. It was going to be a small increase, but it was going to be great because you know it's green and. Um, 
people, sure, they had to pony up a little more money, but they were going to be a really a thriving member of society. Why are Illinois lawmakers calling for a hearing on the uh, high heating bills? Well, you remember the nightmare of last winter when uh, it was like some of these small towns, especially in central Illinois, they couldn't pay their heating bills because some of them went up 7,000%. And that was during that cold spell in February. And, of course, Texas had that problem. It was the same deal. It was just cold everywhere. And they couldn't pay their bills. The state had to step in and offer low-interest loans for some of these small towns so they could pay their bills. Well, the word is that it might even get worse this winter. And so uh, Senator Sue Rezin, who's on the Senate Energy Committee, is calling for hearings to get some of these uh, – these utility company heads to uh, sit down and uh, ask them what's going on. Boy, oh boy. Um, I, I didn't, I don't think you guys touched this, but it looks like some of these companies that have been privileged and, and lured to moving to Illinois, like Boeing, um, it looks like they're leaving. Allstate has made an announcement that they're leaving. Um, is there any talk of this uh, in Springfield? Is there, any talk about this um, that you're hearing from from politicians you're dealing with here? The only talk I'm hearing out of Springfield, and it's mostly from the governor, is things are peachy keen, and everybody's coming to Illinois to do business, which, you know, obviously we know better, but that's not the fact that a lot of companies are leaving because the taxes are too high, you know? And that should be something that... Um, Maybe the Republicans in Illinois. Do we still have Republicans in Illinois? Are you hearing anything of a Republican Party in Illinois? There might be a few of them left. Yeah, they're they're here. They're still working. This might be something that maybe they'd like to bring to the forefront. Um, And that kind of leads me to a question I have about who I believe is a stalking horse. Um, The Republican running for governor who entered the race and formerly of California with the $11 million from three uh, benefactors. Is there any talk of, of polls in the governor race, or are we just to assume that the beanbag with a basketball on it is just going to win again? He's the favorite. He's got to be the favorite. He's got the most money, that's for sure. Isn't that just disgusting, Kevin? I mean, isn't it just a statement on the overall mentality of the Illinois citizen when a guy could fail this big, when he, this kind of financial scandal, because from what I understand, we've got $183 billion from the funny money when COVID was shut down. It's just cooked into our budget somehow, and there's no plan to pay it back or what's going to happen if the money runs out. Aren't you just a little surprised at the Illinois citizen's acceptance of this kind of uh, scandal that is now normal? Well, that's why we're here, Sean, to... Uh Ask the governor about this when we get a chance and see what he's going to do about it. And what's going on with the uh, COVID-19 vaccine for children? What, 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 what is, you know, we're seeing throughout the country, people are pushing back against this to a certain extent. And there's at least a murmur. It seems to me, I, I had a story yesterday where Pritzker's working behind the scenes to remove a conscientious objection to the vaccine. Is there any pushback that you're hearing from parents and organizations to kind of take this on, or is this just a fait accompli in Illinois? I hear a little rumbling about that. And I know there are a lot of parents that don't want to have their kids vaccinated. Uh, and, and Pritzker says he's not going to make it a mandate, but we'll see. Um, he's gone back on his word before, but uh, 
yeah, we, you might see some pushback on this. All right. Do you have any indication? We knew that the maps were going to be drawn and all this nonsense. Where are we with that with that uh, drawing of the map? Have they, in fact, picked a district to be eliminated? And uh, is it Adam Kinzinger, which, you know, if you're not a Democrat, it's really not a big loss. Uh, do we know who it's going to be, who's going to lose the congressional seat? Uh, I think a couple of uh, Republicans might have to go up against each other. I mean, this is going to go to court here shortly anyway. Uh, we got a couple lawsuits on these maps, and that should go to court uh, maybe late this November, early December, to uh, see if these are going to stay, you know, stay true. Is there any numbers? Are you hearing any numbers on the uh, the the government that has moved illegal aliens into Illinois? Uh, we know that we had. Um, and I'm I'm not saying this. I, I'm glad that the Afghan refugees are in Illinois. Is there any indication to how many um, aliens have been brought up from the border to Illinois? Uh, the number I first saw was 500, and that was just to Chicago. Whether there'll be more, uh, you would think, but uh, the initial number was about 500. All right. Uh, you know, before I let you go, Kevin, been a little bit depressing and i understand you're probably the guy pulling his hair out is there any good news do you have any bright spot what's the weather like in illinois because i'm down in florida <laughs> is there anything that i can maybe end this on where people don't drive their car into the bridge uh yeah it stopped raining here in central illinois the sun is out and i'm gonna step outside and have a cigar very good. This is good news. See, now we're going to send them the break, and hopefully Mary the Badges will not say there's a shooting on six corners and traffic's a bear, which is a normal traffic report in Illinois. But I want to thank Kevin Bessler for joining me from uh, the Center Square. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thanks, John. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Nice little 60s throwback. I love it. In fact, that's when Illinois was wonderful. When this music was popular in 14 nuclear plants, 14, more than any state in the country, once very coal-heavy, coal-rich, we even had oil wells. Did you know that? Yeah, we did. At one time before the Democrat mafia destroyed it, back when Abe Pritzker, Pritzker you know, uh, the current governor's grandpa, back when he was um, a front-runner and uh, somehow mystically financing real estate deals and hiding money offshore, Illinois was run beautifully. But now that his trust fund baby grandson, who can't read a calorie count for the life of him, is in charge of things, it doesn't look so good. No, 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 it doesn't. And the saddest part is, it's political decisions that destroyed an incredible state. But to not recognize that it's been destroyed is to deceive yourself, to hide your eyes from the truth, from the reality of things. They voted to enrich ComEd and Exelon because that company bought Democrats. That's right, the tiny guy mafia, Mike Madigan. They bought them and they paid for it. And they're getting rewarded, and you're paying the cost. So the heating bills are going to go off, the energy costs, but you're going to be green. And Sean Gaston and his father, eco-Nazis, with their scam green energy, they're going to make a boatload. And they're going to ride that pig right into the ground. Kind of like in the movie Gladiator, when Russell Crowe rode that horse until it keeled over. The difference is Russell was able to jump on another horse. I suggest you take his advice and jump on another horse. Gary, in the car. Hello, Sean. Yes, Gary. Oh, hi. I just wanted to chime in. I uh, Before I moved back to Illinois here, 
Uh, my wife and I spent five years in the United States Virgin Islands and owned a business down there, and it was purely run by Democrats. Uh, and we see the parallels. That's like a pilot test going on. And we got out of there. They're uh, kilowatt hours, I think, 48 now, probably going over 50. They have the highest per capita crime rate, murder rate in the world. Uh, really? You can't even, yeah, we had a concealed carry down there. But if you had a firearm in your place of residence, which had to be registered by serial number, you needed to keep it locked in a safe. Uh, because if a child got a hold of it, you'd be in prison. So what we are seeing happen in Illinois right now is exactly what's happening there. There's no Republican Party. Um, they just got a $300 million forgiveness on their FEMA disaster loan, and the governor and Stacey Plaskett, the congresswoman, are now put on a pedestal saying we got out of our debt. This is the day before Biden comes out and says, we're America, we pay our debts, this is our principles, we have got to raise the debt ceiling. That's great. Yeah, it's like Venezuela, same thing. At least you got a tan, right? I mean, the good news is you go outside, you got a tan, and you were in no more danger than you are right now in the city of Chicago. So hopefully you didn't move to the city, Gary. I'm hoping you didn't move we to the city. We are out in Huntley, and I'm telling you, we will not go into Chicago because we don't agree with their principles. I won't spend a dollar there, and I don't feel safe there. Gary, I love it. It's just you, you, you threw the dart at the You went back to Illinois. You guys should have went to Indiana. After all, that's what the <laughs> Illinois people are doing. They're all in Indiana and Wisconsin, the ones that can. And the ones that can't are going to make sure their kids don't come here. That's for sure. Gary, I'm glad you're back to a certain extent, but I wish you get your tan back in Florida. You joined me. Thank you very much. Hey, enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you, thank Bye. Thank you. Chris, on the Dan Ryan. Hey, how you doing, Sean? I agree with everything you have to say, unfortunately. Uh, I, I lived here just like you did. And here's my deal. Um, at 53 years old, uh, I am a, uh, looking for a new job, trying to get the hell out of the state of Illinois. Um, I work for a commuter railroad here in tent and, uh, they are getting ready to mandate the jab. I'm not going to get the jab. And the East, uh, CEO just stated about a week ago saying that, you know, within the next year or so, you know, this federal money is going to run out. Uh, yeah. If you read between the lines, because our readers, our ridership right now is at 26 percent as it was in 2019. So, at a 26 I'm now looking for. Yeah. Well, here's and the thing, Chris. Here's the thing. I want to I want to give you a little hope. You know? I want to give you a little hope because you get married and you get the idea that you can't replace your income. The cost of living in better run states drops by 30 percent. The cost of living drops by 30 percent. There are still states where gas is. 60 cents a gallon cheaper and where energy costs are cheaper. In fact, the taxes on your things like cable and your cell phone are significantly reduced in Florida, in Tennessee, in several other states. I'm not suggesting there's only Florida. There's others, Texas. But you're going to have to go to a red state because the reality is anything, and I mean anything, that the Democrats run is a failure or it's subsidized. That's it. It's the only way they can exist they cannot exist on success because they are only interested in penalizing it. And this is the broader point. They are only interested in penalizing it. So this talk of the bill of the $600, this doesn't exist without the philosophy that we need to limit the individual for the betterment of everybody else. And this is a loser philosophy. It doesn't just destroy Chicago or Cook County, or Illinois. It destroys everything. That's why when you talk to somebody from an Eastern European Soviet nation, they understand 
The philosophy itself is wrong. It is built on lies by self-aggrandizing political whores. End of the story. Now, if you cannot correct it, you need to look what's best for the quality of your life. We'll discuss specifics and more when we get back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Tell you, when I was a kid, there were gangsters all around. Gangsters, gangsters, gangsters. I saw them, knew them. There was a difference, though. There was a difference. They were, uh, they were men. They were open. They were tough guys. And when they pushed the wrong guy, they got a slap. They were put back in their place. I really am not used to this government gangster that we're used to now that's prominent today. I can't believe it. Janet Yellen is not only a successful gangster, she's in dire need of some dental work because every time she opens her mouth, garbage comes out of it. Garbage. But she said something the other day that I, gave me an idea. I want you to hear this. Come on, Janet. Where's my little mouse here? Give me a minute. Why can't I hit this? There we go. Absolutely not. I think this proposal has been seriously mischaracterized. Now, what she's talking about is the $600. The IRS and the $600. She wants to let people know, if you have a job, this isn't about you. This is about business people, people who do not, are not employed by corporations. Um, the proposal involves no reporting of individual transactions of any individual. Look, the big picture is that we have a tax a gap that over the next decade is estimated at $7 trillion, namely a shortfall in the amount that IRS is collecting due to a failure of individuals to report the income that they've earned. Now, that's a lie. That's an absolute lie. That does not take into account deductions. See, the way that capitalism works and the tax system as it is written by politicians is that if you have investments that lose money, you can deduct them. If you have property that depreciates, you can deduct them. So they're making it seem as if the American people are somehow shorting them on the extortion of income. They call it taxes. It's extortion of income. Now, if she really wanted to see where the taxes are being frauded, she would look at the one with the wet diaper in the White House. She would look at the relatives of all of these politicians. She would look at the Pelosi's who have somehow amassed a fortune. If you're simple at math, you're at 500 million. Yet they've never been audited. That's funny. She would look to Dianne Feinstein with her speed racer hairdo and her husband, who is the B in CB, Richard Ellis. They seem to get a lot of government work. Yes, they do. That's where they would look in the halls of their own chambers. They would look at those people. And by the way, I'd take a look 
at those people who work in the staffs, the inside trading scum that they are. But that's among billionaires. Is that among people who are transferring $600? No, it tends to be among high income. That's a feminine voice. How long, how many Viagras and Chevises does it take her husband to get warmed up? From individuals whose income is opaque and the IRS doesn't receive information about it. If you Now, you know what that means, right? When your income is opaque. Boy, I hate a swindler. I really do. <clears throat> That means if by somehow the government isn't using a trick that it's been using from World War II to confiscate the money of the working man, to swindle him so he thinks it's normal. See, your payroll deductions in your tax check, in your paycheck, that was to be temporary. It was implemented after World War II because back then they didn't spend money the way they do today. It was an emergency. And we were fighting the socialists and the Third Reich. And now the Fourth Reich is running the country. So the idea that you are still having taxes deducted from your weekly pay is, in fact, unjust. And never meant to be normal. But they do that to deceive you. They want you to think and to build in that servitude. That it's normal for them to just deduct money from you rather than you being able to argue for your money as if you were in business for yourself the way you really are. They like it that you sit there and wait for your tax return, which is their calculation on how much money they took that they weren't entitled to. That's how this Ponzi scheme works. And the way that they give you that money is to take debt from the future. The whole damn thing is a lie. And you have been beaten and lied to into this slave mindset where you think it's normal for them to take 50%, 30%, whatever the hell it is. See, if we're going to get this country back, the restraints go on the political whore and their cabal of corruption, like the Secretary of the Treasury. See, this dimwit is not supposed to be in this kind of powerful position any more than pickle-faced Fauci is supposed to run the country. These old hags have done enough damage. It's time to go back to the principles of the country, which is liberty and freedom of you, not them, not their power. The whole damn thing is corrupted. And by the way, that Social Security scheme, let's break it too. I don't want my Social Security. I don't want it. Give me my money back and forget about when I turn 65 or 72, wherever the hell it is. I don't want it. I don't think you do either, tell you the truth. I don't think 80% of you want it. I think you'd rather have your money back. Let you worry about your retirement. Society will be better off. And they won't have to steal it from your grandkids to keep that scam, that Ponzi scheme scam going. The truth, you're going to have to break it. That's the truth. Otherwise, you could keep telling this lie and you could let these swindlers, these swindlers keep telling you lies and keep telling you how you are the slave and they are the master and you will like it. You earn a paycheck. You get a W-2. The IRS knows about it. But the IRS has confiscated more than it should have from you. And you know what the IRS does with the money? You're not going to believe it. They go to Las Vegas, they go on conferences, they hit on their, their secretaries, they have a grand old time wielding that power. There's a reason that their logo 
and the, um, the, the Eagle Cross from the Nazi Party are the exact same thing. Take a look at it. Take a look at the IRS logo, and that'll give you an indication as to what you're dealing with. Scum. High-income individuals with opaque sources of income that are Again, not that reported word. to the IRS. There's a lot of tax fraud and... What's opaque is the IRS budget. That's what's opaque. I like to audit the auditors, wouldn't you? I'd like to see exactly what they're doing. And instead, you're going to sit here as we fund and hire 87,000 more of the Gestapo of the Fourth Reich. Cheating that's going on, and all that's involved in this proposal is a few aggregate numbers about bank accounts, the amount that was received in the course of a year, the amount that went out in the course of the year. Shut up. None of it's your business, ugly. None of it's your business. I know I got to back off. I get aggravated when these jack-o'-lanterns try to remind me that I'm the slave. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But then again, what else do they have in mind? Oh, they got all kinds of things in mind. They got all kinds of things in mind. And you know who they're going to have in charge of it? They're going to put Pete Buttigieg in charge of the supply chain. That should end up. What's Pete Buttigieg's role in finance or in the supply chain? He's actually a little bit less qualified than Janet Yellen. So holiday expectations management, as we're looking at these supply chain issues, how bad are they going to get for Americans? And I'm talking specifically, you know, leading here into the December holidays where people are relying on getting goods, on getting presents. Well, I think there's always been two kinds of Christmas shoppers. There's the ones who shut up, shut up, you know, nothing, child. And it all is perpetrated, this whole damn thing is perpetrated on your willingness to let the IRS take your taxes out before you file them. Do you know how much better the world would be, the, the country would be, if you had to file your taxes quarterly as if you ran a business? How in tune you would be with just how much of your income they're taking from you. Because under this current swindle system that was supposed to be temporary, they try to deceive from you how much money your employer really pays you. So you think you make 50, you're wrong. Cost your employer 70 to employ you because he's getting extorted by this mafia too. It's time to break that system. I want to go back to the way it was before World War II. Before you took a temporary emergency fiat rule, a fiat rule by an executive order and made it normal. This is how you weaken them. Because right now you're very weak. And right now you're waiting for them to tell you how much of your money you can keep. There's the fundamental flaw. And they're telling you what you will do for your retirement. Who in the hell are they? And what happens to the money of uh, FGB or FBG Duck who just got shot? How much money of his did the Social Security keep? They've been taking this kid's money too. Not to mention all the people that die before they collect it. Where's that money go? Anybody want to know? whole damn thing's a Ponzi scheme. It's time we break it. That's the only way it's going to be fixed. It isn't going to be fixed by continuing to let them lie to you. That's how you shut up a fraud. You refuse to accept their lies, their premise of their superiority. I am not the government supremacist. I'm an American. They work for me, not the other way around. 312-642-5600. Stevie Wonder, I'm a big fan. Good thing there aren't cameras in here. They make fun of me dancing. See, 
if you think that money is the government's and you are the government's property, then you adopt their philosophy because that's what they are. They're fascist scum. So they tell you what out of your earning you get to keep. If you want something for nothing because you're a lowlife, covetous, self-loathing rat, and you're interested in extorting people who are successful so you can pretend to be worthy of anything, then you're a Democrat. If the only way you can make money is through political corruption, so you got a goomba and a friend and a coojine who work in the government, and you get your phony baloney contract so you could sit on your fat ass at a bar stool and pretend to be a contractor, then you're a Democrat. Simple. These are simple things. If you are a political whore who wants to get in power so that you can quietly make half a billion dollars by pretending to be a Congress person, birthing person, and you could pretend that that face hasn't been operated on more than a Jaguar, then you're Nancy Pelosi and a Democrat. But if you're a capitalist and American, this isn't allowed to happen in this country because in this country, you are sovereign. You have unalienable rights. The government is to honor those rights. The laws are to be your shield, not their spear. It's time you wake up and understand what the principles are. Kevin in Austin, Texas. Uh, hey, John. I like how, how you're you? talking about the... Uh, I'm good. How are you? Uh, how do my brothers who listen to me and always bust my chops when they hear me? Anyhow, um, the the taxes originally, government was funded just by tariffs. There was no income tax. Exactly. Uh, and basically, the income tax, the income tax, it's just, it's extortion with the threat of violence. And that's what the government is. And it's but, violent, I think, Kevin, when they take your money. See, to me, violence is absolutely. when they take your money. And when you listen to the Democrats talk about it, they try to talk about it like, hey, this cost us, you know, a lot of money. It didn't cost them anything. It wasn't theirs to begin with. Just the the language they use is to try to, like you say, convince them uh, that it's actually their money. A Democrat and somebody who supports them is somebody with a slave mindset. It's that simple. Or a master mindset. And they want to be the politician. And as you hear these politicians talk like venture capitalists, Kevin, that's when it's game over for me. You don't get to decide anything, dummy. You don't get to do that. You don't get to fund this and fund that. You don't get to do that because the government doesn't have money. It takes money. The sad sad thing is, though, they are able to do that because people aren't getting involved locally and find find out who their precinct captain is, be the precinct captain. Yeah, but do you know how many people don't know? That it the doesn't payroll, cost you any money to do it. It just costs you some time to do it. It's real simple. The payroll withholding tax is illegal. It was a temporary fiat dictate by FDR, the original socialist scumbag fraud. By the way, the Pravda media, they not only love Joe Stalin after they realized that from backing Hitler, they might have been a little wrong because they originally backed Hitler too. They love the American fascist the american version fdr that's why they lied about everything from the fact that he was crippled to the fact that he was a socialist and again i guess they continue to say that a wife was a wife patrick's outside hey um you're, you're spot on about that social security i'm going to be collecting it very soon and so i go hey look what happens when i die what does my wife get and they go well she'll get 82 percent of yours i go until 
She's due to collect Social Security, and she has to choose which one she's going to collect, hers or my 82%, and the rest just goes away. What you know, talk you about know a FDR, how FDR sold it to the American people? Do you know back then there was a massive pushback against it? There was no Internet. There was no social media. There was a massive pushback. It was taken to the Supreme Court. Were a corrupted the same the same kind of court who who also said that it was within their purview to lock up Japanese and Italians um, sure. through an executive order. Three hundred thousand or so, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, through an executive order, um, they they said, yeah, yeah, we could do it. He hired Madison Avenue advertisers to sell it to the American people. That's why the whole thing of it's a it's a trust fund and it's an insurance policy and it's in your name and you need the Social Security number. All of it. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. They steal that money every time you pay it. There is no money. There is no trust fund. They are creating debt to pay existing Social Security people. It's a Ponzi scheme. Thank you, Patrick. And that's why it's time to break it. How do you break it? You don't comply. You demand, it's my money. I want it now. Or you just don't work, right? I mean, after all, isn't that their plan? Just don't do Don't work. Live in their houses. Eat their food. Vote for them. Live in their houses. They're a despicable group of people. They really, really are. It's time to run the high ground and reestablish American principles. 312-642-5600. I'll take them when I get back. Joe Biden walked out of a press conference as the press corps was screaming questions about the economy. To watch this feeble fascist walk out of a room is... Almost funny if it wasn't such a despicable position we are in. Nicole in Elgin. Hi, Nicole. Hello. Hi, how are you? Very Real good. How quick. are you? I was married for 23 years. I raised four boys. I used to work at American Airlines, gave up my pay. They, the government takes 32% of my maintenance that I raised my kids with. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me understand this. Okay. You are uh, divorced now? I've been divorced for five years. So the and you IRS get a, you get maintenance to raise your kids. Your husband is paying you yes. this. Ma- your ex-husband is paying you My this maintenance. maintenance. Mm-hmm. And the government takes years for what I was doing. They take thirty-two percent every year for raising my kids. But your husband is giving you the money out of money he already paid taxes on. He get he gets to write it off. Also, you get to write off maintenance when you're divorced. I do not. I do no, not. He does. he does. Now they made it. Yeah, they made a new law though this year that he cannot write it off anymore. So he can't write it off. So he pays taxes. Then you get it, and you pay thirty-two percent. So if he gives you a hundred thousand, you're going to get sixty-eight grand, and they get right. thirty-two. Right. Let's say he gives grand. me sixty thousand. I, I still have to pay like about twelve thousand in taxes. You want to talk about year. a scam, Nicole? That's why. Right. You know, I, I always tell people, don't ever get divorced. Don't ever <laughs> just hang in there. No, hang in there. Because uh, this is a robbery. But it's, it's robbery. I didn't even know that. And I and I gave up my job. And I was a ticket agent at O'Hare Airport, just so you know. That really? wonderful O'Hare Airport. Sure. Yeah. How about that $8 billion? Boy, that went well, huh? There's not a board that levels <laughs> up with another board. It looks like it was put together by um, morons. Well, it was. They're Democrats. Um, Nicole, that's a sad story. And you told me something I, that I did not know. And see? I didn't know it either. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. See, that's I why I don't want government in marriage. Do you know that was always my position? Who the hell is the government to be involved in this? Your husband's the breadwinner. Right, let's say he's divorced. Let's say he does, what he does with his money 
They take 32%. That is outrageous, Nicole. All right, tell your kids this. Tell your kids if they get married, don't ever get divorced. And if they do, don't tell the government. Thank you very much, Nicole. Boy, that's depressing. Who knew that? I mean, we want to talk about how much you're taxed. It is true. When you add up the consumption tax, your employee, when you work, the taxes you pay. If you have businesses, the taxes you generate, taxes you pay on top of it. At a certain point, you have to adopt the Soviet mindset of why do it? Why do it? Why do, why do this? To pay for these idiots? To abuse you? Do people not understand what they're doing with the money is that they're misappropriating it? And giving it to their friends for payoffs and bribes. I mean, you show me. Is there a policy that works? Where are they? Where are they succeeding in all this, David and Lansing? Uh, hey, Sean. I have a plan to defeat the socialists. That's way easier than moving or quitting a job. Dave, you don't have first, cable first, TV. I don't think you have a plan. But go ahead. I'll decide. <laughs> first, you're right. First <laughs> of all, do, do you agree that? About, I don't know, what, what percentage of the country opposes the Biden administration and Democrat Congress, you know, socialist positions? I think 65%. It's a, it's a leap when 50% of the country, 50, 52% of the country is on welfare. Let's say 48%, because the people that are on okay. welfare are going to vote for welfare. So let's say 48%, but go ahead. Okay, say so, so it's 48%. Now, uh, do you agree that most of these people use one or more of the socialist big tech you know, outlets, um, I call it mafang. Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, or Google. Yeah, I'd sure, say everybody most does. People. You're the only person I know that doesn't use it because you're, you <laughs> can this, are abnormal. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I use a, a telephone, two cans, and a string. All right, go um, ahead. Anyway, um, so we uh, read at them. We quit at the same time, and we, we do alternative, like uh, instead of Twitter, we go to Gab, Getter, or Parler. Instead of Facebook, we go to MeWe and... I don't use them, brother. You're already talking to a guy that doesn't use them. I mean, the station uses them, and the station broadcasts, on, uh, broadcasts I believe, on their Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. I personally don't use them. But, you know, I, I fight my fight the way I always do, by myself. you got one life to live. You know, you live by your rules. This is America. You still right. can do that. But, you know, I, Dave, I'd say before we do that, David, I think it's more important to stop enriching the source of the problem and and quite honestly, that's why I think it's crucially important that you do not participate in your own demise. And if at all possible, if at all possible, and I realize for some people it's not, you got to make yourself uncomfortable, pull your kids out of school, and ideally stop enriching the Democrat mafia. If you live in a Democrat area, get out. I mean, that's that's my best answer. Because what you're talking about doing in all this, there's enough now worldwide. you got to understand Google, Facebook, all of these companies – America is a portion of their revenue, but not the main port. Or, well, it's it, they could survive if you did that. But these states, and these states can't survive. Can you know, if, if productive people left, they can't survive. Illinois is the prime example. They exist on welfare. Illinois is a welfare state. Can't pay its bills. Can't even come close. They cooked in $183 billion of funny money that Trump gave them. They're relying on Biden to cook the books and give them more money. Just like Preckwinkle cooked it into the Cook County budget. Just like uh, the little fella that runs Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, cooked it into the budget. But, you know, there are instances where people are kind of aware of this. There's a representative, Chip Roy. He did something that I think needs to be done. He pointed out exactly what kind of scams have been running 
in this government for decades. Yeah. So, Mr. Speaker, I'm hearing two things from the other side. One is that they're fine with ignoring the debt if it's on things that they like. Um, and then two, I'm hearing that they're fine with defaulting on the debt, therefore throwing our economy into ruin. I mean, talk about irresponsibility. I reserve my time. Gentleman reserves. The gentlewoman from Minnesota is recognized. Mr. Speaker, I yield uh, two minutes to the gentleman from Texas. Gentleman from Texas is recognized for two minutes. I love all this parliament. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I would uh, just want to thank the uh, distinguished majority leader for sharing with us that he had voted 49 times to raise the debt ceiling. Because when he came into this body, the debt was about a trillion dollars. Today, it's $28.5 trillion. So thank you, I, I guess. On behalf of the people of America who are staring at $28.5 trillion of debt, here's the thing. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle are asking us to support a half a trillion dollar increase in the debt. Half a trillion dollars. And the American people can't even keep up with what those numbers even mean. But they do know that those dollars are being used to fund government tyranny over their lives. That's what those dollars are being used for for a border that's not secure, for cartels that are ripping into Texas, for critical race theory being taught to our children, to not fund police, to have the FBI going after parents in school boards, vax mandates, shutting down businesses, forcing people to comply or they lose their job, energy poverty, preventing people from actually getting the energy to heat their homes, drive their cars, and go to work. That is what my colleagues on the other side of the aisle want us to borrow half a trillion dollars to keep funding. And it's that simple. It's that simple. They have failed to a point that there is no success in their plan. There is only a promise to take more from you, the American citizen, to finance the failure that is the American government. The American government is a failure. The American government is bankrupt. They just admit they cannot run the government without spending $800 billion a month. So this promise of fair share, your fair taxes, it takes away from the point that there really is only a 20, maybe 30% part of society that actually pays one damn nickel in taxes. And their reward is a promise to pay more. Everybody's going to pay more. And we'll go through the different ways it breaks down. But these are people that have already bankrupted the greatest country. Do you think it's time we get them out of there? 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. I get all these texts, you know, we got to put term limits and all that. He's not going to put term limits. First of all, you can't do it. Pickpocket doesn't cut his hands off, so you got to cut him off for him. So here's a simple rule. We now know that Nancy Pelosi and her husband, if you do back of the envelope math, is worth $500 million. So from this point forward, you cannot ever trade again. There will be no more insider trading because it will then be illegal for politicians and their staff to initiate stock trades, option trades, market trades. You want to be a public servant? Then you'll live on the salary. After all, there has to be some explanation why the lowest member of Congress is worth a million seven. The lowest member. See, this is how you limit them. This is how you fix the corruption. 
You don't pay them. You don't incentivize them to steal and lie and cheat. You send people there who really want to do something for the country because they believe in the system of Americanism, not because they want to bastardize it and steal from it. Nobody represents that more than Joe Biden or any Democrat. That's all they do. All they do. Right down to your lowly, one of the 50 thieves you call aldermen in Chicago, let alone this Congress. This Congress is a bunch of inside trading scum. So limit their money instead of them limiting our money. It's time to break the whole system. Joe Munster. Yeah, so I've said this before. You can pick off 20% of the people and still get away with it as long as it's always the same 20%. Well, the 20% are the ones that make the job. Right. And that's the 52% of that 80 that's left. You know, I found out being out in California what they what the left believes is they that twenty percent made their money on the back of that fifty two percent. Absolutely, that's how they made their money. That's what they're and they want that money. Joe, it was the principle of das Kapital by the Marxist pig that they base their ideology on. Right, you don't get ahead unless you exploit them, rather than recognizing the betterment of all man is the right to his own property. And if you wanted to end the sloths, you'd stop rewarding them. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. But you're asking Democrats to be honest. They cannot. Dominic, Glendale Heights. How are you doing today? Good. I have, I have a question. When somebody throws something in a bill, like the $600 deal, how come we don't have the name of the congressperson that did it so we could pound the crap out of their phones on a consistent basis? Because Everybody the, with a dumb idea, we should pound them. How come we don't have that information? Dominic, we're lucky we even know about it. There's 2,500 pages that very few people have even read. They're trying to hide this. In, this entire bill is about hiding penalties and taxes on the American citizen. The entire bill is about, hiring, is about restrictions. The bill is literally directions to how to, re, how to restrict American freedom and liberty and property. That's what these bills are. They're written with ambiguity by scum, slip-and-fall lawyers, where each page turns into a 1,000 pages of regulation that really is law. And that's how we've gotten ourselves into a pickle. A country that went for the, to the richest, from the richest, the most ordinary man could come here and become a millionaire to look at what it takes to just run a business, Dominic. They've won. They subverted freedom and liberty, and we allowed it to happen because we adopted the mind of a slave. We wait for them to tell us what restricts us, what our tax base is. I say we start restricting them. After all, let's put it, let's put it to a test. At least we'll know and we'll make them say they are the master and we are the slave, rather than proving it with every bill like this and every time they open their mouth and every law. Thank you very much, Dominic. I appreciate it. Manny, Rockford. Hey, Sean. Hi. So considering you don't realize that out of top 10 states, Nine of them are red states. Out of the top ten states, mostly on federal aid. Well, you're what you're doing is you're taking those those states those subsidies for both farms and corporations, which I do not support either one. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't support that. So I mean, my biggest argument so, with Trump was so that he was redistributing wealth to farmers. It's that simple. Those other states, how many of those states have a zero income tax? 
So when you're yeah, when you're factoring in when you're factoring in subsidies to corporations and farms, that's what it comes to. But now factor in the existence of budgets of Democrat run states. And you will see that every Democrat state lives on welfare. I want to end it all, even to the red states, Manny. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Excited to talk to our next guest, Dr. Steve Turley. Steve is an internationally recognized scholar, speaker, and author of many books, including The New Nationalism, How the Populist Right is Defeating Globalism, and An Awakening of a New Political Order. And that's the one I want to talk to him about. Steve, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Sean. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Thank you for joining me because I um I was um surprised by what had happened in November. I also was doing election coverage that night. I also have a uh, a profound suspicion of voting in the future and uh, exactly how the office was usurped. However, I do believe that there was a recognition by the working people in this country that capitalism and freedom and Americanism and the principles of letting the earning man keep his money versus seizing it on behalf of the collectivist was the way to go. Yet it looks to me like we are behind the eight ball, although we can put up personal fights. I'm worried about the country's future and the acceptance of these fascists. Do you have an optimistic spin on this? <laughs> no, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> no, no, no. I appreciate that, Sean, very much. Yeah, um, you know, I, I really tend to uh, live by what's known as the Stockdale Principle, uh, named after James uh, Admiral James Stockdale, who's the highest-ranking uh, Navy uh, admiral who was in a POW during the Vietnam War. And he was tortured over 20 times, uh, was there for seven years, and they asked him, you know, how'd you make it out? And he said, well, there were two types of people who didn't make it out of that situation. One, one was the naive optimist. The naive optimist died of a broken heart. You know, they always thought they were going to get out, and they never did. But the other one who didn't make it out was the perpetual pessimist. Uh, and, they, and they just basically withered away. They named their rats in the corner, and they died along with them. Mm-hmm. What, he said what you had to do is you had to put these seemingly paradoxical dynamics together. You had to be absolutely realistic about your current situation, which I think you are. That's the way you, you put it at the beginning. But at the same time, you can never, ever, ever lose hope that you're going to prevail. So you've got to put those two together. I got that. I got all that. I feel very good now. See, you did it. I feel much better now. <laughs> well, just seven more years and we'll be out of here, right? <laughs> so that, and, and, you know, there is, it's really strange, there is almost a little bit of a timetable there in terms of demography. So the demographics revolution that's happening with, uh, with the fertility advantage among uh, conservatives, particularly rural conservatives, conservative evangelicals, Amish, uh, conservative Mormons who vote 99% Republican, um, 
that uh, that revolution that's happening where you're seeing a massive fertility advantage over say the secular you know leftist tyrant who's just the woke left has basically stopped having kids more or less certainly yeah. well below uh, the 2.1 replacement level this is where scholars arguing around 2030 you're going to start seeing a very noticeable shift toward the conservative side of the culture wars just when all is said and done because conservatives are having kids and secular liberals aren't or even people don't even like using the term liberal for them now anymore obviously because they're really always more say, tyrants. I always say I'm the liberal. I believe in Right, exactly. In yeah, the classical sense, yeah. I don't want to force anybody to do anything. But here's exactly. here's the perspective I want to bring to this, all right? So I am from Chicagoland area. Great at one time Great state, yep. working man state, yep. phenomenal yep. producing state. Now it's a sewer of corruption yep. where it's the norm, right? We've got aldermen, they're 50 thieves in Chicago. We've got open yep. and notorious crime, open and notorious corruption. So what happens is the Chicagoan, to a certain extent, starts to adapt himself to those expectations of corruption, and they start to right. almost want in on the scheme. Right. You've taken right. that philosophy, you've taken that political whore, and you have exported him and made him the most important politician in the country. And yet, yeah. no matter what the failure, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's the economy, whether it's the social harmony, whatever it is, this stupid son of a gun is meandering around the White House. He's lost. He should be sitting in a home. I'm not trying to just be mean to him because he's old, but I am mean to him because he's not only uh, obviously suffering from something. But he's right. a fascist pig who should never right. hold that office. What the hell's going on? Right, right, absolutely. Well, I, th I do think what we're seeing, and I think what everyone is beginning to more and more recognize, is we really are starting to see uh, that we're not fighting right versus left anymore. Uh, this isn't a partisan battle. That's uh, what I love about your analysis. You're, you're looking at a much, much larger level. Um, we are we are more and more recognizing that this is this is not a battle between this or that within society. This is a battle for society itself. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is not a clash between this cultural element or that cultural. This is a clash over culture itself this is this is why we're our concern isn't over the integrity of this election or that election our concern right now is over the integrity of elections themselves and in fairness over on the other side so is theirs they think we you know we're, we're passing all these all these voter suppression laws and that sort of thing but this is what's happening here and in many respects it you know really started with the left i think when they started uh, with this ridiculous nonsense that vladimir Putin stole the 2016 election. What was it, three and a half years and $30 million later, we found out that that was an absolute lie. And yet, you notice exactly what's happening here. We see exactly with the, the massive fraud that was with the mail-in ballots and the oh. like. Uh, I mean, it's beyond, I mean, again, you don't even have to bring any electronic equipment into this stuff. All you have to no. do is look at the amount of ballots that were actually rejected as, in 2020 as compared to, say, 
2016 in Georgia alone, 2016, 5% of the ballots uh, were rejected, uh, mail-in ballots, all kinds of chain of custody issues. In 2020, it was 0.2% were rejected, yeah. even though there were a thousand percent um, greater amount of mail-in ballots than there was in 2016. So all of this is to say is that the battle here, and I think you're getting, and this is, this is key, the battle is not between two different political sides within a nation. It's not between two uh, views of one election over and against another election, or this within that society, or this view of the economy versus that. It's a battle over civilization itself. It is a civilizational battle. This is why Sean Kindergarten today is controversial, for heaven's oh. sakes. All right, And nothing has escaped controversy. Everything is politicized. And then the question is why? And the question is why? And the bottom line, I would argue, based on the field of study that I'm most familiar with, which is known as post-secular, post-globalist studies, is that really the modern secular, technocratic age that gave us communism and fascism and the like, and now is giving us these, this kind of tyrannical globalism, that's reaching its end. It's, it's exa- there's one book called Exhausting Modernity. It's basically exhausted itself. It's gone as far as... It's now in a position where it's trying to solve problems that it causes. And in well, contrast to that, in contrast, there's a whole new sea change of populism and nationalism and traditionalism and a revitalized religiosity that's rising up as a backlash against the, this old dinosaur of, of modernity and, and old industrialism and the like. And that's the clash that's going on right now. And the reason why I would argue that the good guys have the, the super advantage here is because in many respects the roots of our renewal particularly our religious roots, are more powerful than ever before. Scholars believe we're going through the single greatest religious renewal the world's ever seen right now, whereas the roots of this globalist world, and that's modernity, they basically rotted out. We're entering into a postmodern world. And so that's why I think they become so tyrannical, but that's why we keep fighting back at greater forces every year. So I'm going to win no matter what. That's just the way I look at things. But I want to tell you something that I've noticed in Chicago, growing up in Chicago and seeing it. What's happened in Chicago is that the America, or the, the citizen of Illinois and Chicago and Cook County and all these, these areas have adopted the fact that the, the corruption is so big and that they are so small unless they're in on the, on the fraud, on the scam. So they, instead of pushing back against it, they have figured out a way to leverage themselves into yep. this corruption. Yep. And then they take on that mindset of a slave. And the reason that I'm troubled is that up until this last election, as far as I can see, it seems to me that Americans used to be proud of being Americans and proud of of their own liberty. They are now willing to take on the government supremacists view that only the government can mitigate these freedoms, can mitigate property, can mitigate their, their, their livelihood and their quality of life. And they are willing to subjugate themselves to the government supremacist, the collectivist. Yeah. Are there enough of us left that say, look, if you're going to continue to do this and tell me it's normal, I'm simply going to go somewhere uh, where I am welcomed and my liberty is fought for. Is there still right. enough places to do that? And do we still stand a chance? 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so our, the other side is what's known as post-American. And they, this is, you know, this is our, uh, what, 30, 40 years now of cultural Marxism in our universities and even creeping into our K-12 uh, that's coming home to roost. In, uh, but as you noticed, it is it tends to be geographical. It really is fascinating. So in many respects, scholars are arguing we're already going through a kind of secession right now, where red states are rising up and basically saying no more. I mean, look what Governor Abbott did, it the, uh, did the other day with the, uh, with the EO uh, banning uh, any entity from uh, placing any kind of max, uh, vax mandate on their customers and their employees and the it's like. Again, I'm not, a big, I'm not a big fan of government getting involved in business or anything like that, but, you know, when you're in wartime footing here, I mean, this is, this is what, what tends to be uh, the case. So what we're seeing is we're seeing um, – I just came back from Jacksonville – in uh, Florida, I was with Don, we were at the American Freedom Tour. I spoke there with Donald Trump Jr. and Kaylee McEnany, and uh, who's by the way really tall. I never quite. You know, I'm not, I tend to be. Sh- I'm short. I'm five five. And I was like, wait, you always look so tiny behind that podium there. You know, but she's actually quite tall. So, anyway, so they, they were all everyone. Uh, Dan Bongino, Dinesh D'Souza, they were absolutely fired up, and the, everyone there, two thousand people in attendance, were absolutely fired up. They're ready to fight. That's what they want to do. They're ready to fight. And so I think the best thing that we can hold on to here is to stay true to our principles, to go and fight the battles as we know how to fight them. We need, again, I don't think anybody can even uh, even come close to underestimating how significant it is that we are growing by leaps and bounds quite literally every year just through demography. And just in case anybody's concerned, you know, well, liberals don't need to, well, call them woke, woke social justice warriors don't even need to have kids. They've got ours, and they're going to indoctrinate them. Sorry, the data's in. We actually have about 20 years of data on that. And the more conservative the family, the more we take our values seriously, the more the kids retain that conservatism into adulthood, upwards of 80%. For example, the Amish double every 20 years in population. And I assure you, Sean, I assure you, it's not because of conversions. <laughs> it's not because of clothes. I mean, I'd be into it, but what's with the clothes? And I'm not quite sure on the personal grooming. I got to have shaved legs on the girls. You know what I mean? That's just me. But um, Steve, I'll tell you another thing that bothers me. When we're talking about the economy, we're talking about these bills, these mammoth bills that are hidden. Oh, I know. They're it horrible. seems to me that even a large part of Republicans, I just had a caller who's probably not a Democrat, they, we've allowed the government to take over the language so much so that yeah. when you give companies their money, you allow them to keep them. They call them deductions. They call them tax abatements. Right. That is categorized by our government as a subsidy and, i.e., welfare. So right. they're able to pose allowing people to keep their money as welfare, as a subsidy, as a right. stimulus. So when you've got so many people that are economically illiterate, and that do not understand that America and, and liberty is based in property and that our form right. of an economy is, was named capitalism by a Marxist. It's really propertyism. Right. And if you right. don't yes. have that Private com- propertyism, if, yep. if yep. you don't have that concept, you have adopted the mind that a totalitarian government wants you to have where you are subjugating your property to them first and then you're complacent as they tell you what you can keep. Right. 
Absolutely. No question about it. And that's globalism in a nutshell. You know, globalism operates by a dynamic known as disembedding. And what that simply means is it's just simply the dislodging of uh, political and economic life away from the local, away from the private, and recalibrates it into uh, this uh, systematized, standardized, translocal, and increasingly transnational protocol. So that big business and, and government are basically intermixed with each other, as we're seeing so horribly on display with all these vax mandates and the like. Absolutely. I mean, Marxism tends to work that way as well. Um, it's so globalism and Marxism fit because if all society is being dislodged from the local, then, then the most um, just politics now is being able to, quote, free people, liberate people from, uh, emancipate people from, from their freedom. From their freedom. Exactly. Exactly right. So, so the, so the uh, cash assistance card, uh, better known as food stamps in Maryland, is actually called, if you can believe it, Sean, the independence card. <laughs> okay, then let yes. that hit you, you know. So it's like naming rape love. Um, exactly. exactly. Let me ask you this, all right, and then I'll let you go, because I'm up against the clock. I was very upset with the idea of a taxing cartel, and the idea that we are going to agree to a minimum corporate tax of 15%. I like to look downfield. I believe this will be used as an excuse to eliminate the already bastardized foreign policy. Mm-hmm. And then, in essence, enrich foreign governments and foreign lands mm-hmm. with American taxpayer money. Do you wow. think I'm, I'm overstepping or do you think that I'm right in this? Well, I, I, no, I think you're right. Again, I think you have to look at, at a two diff- the two different dynamics, the two different societies that are basically fighting right now. So, yeah, the globalist world, no question, because it has no loyalty to nation, culture, custom, tradition, no loyalty to a piece of paper called the Constitution, none whatsoever. They'll sell their souls to China in a heartbeat, and we see it all the time. No problem. On the other hand, though, the, the, the very philosophical worldview that holds that, that globalist uh, arrangement up, which is mo- modernity. Modernity is this notion that scientific rationalism is your one true way of understanding the world, and then all we need is just one political and economic standardized system to impose upon the entire world. That's dying. Nobody buys it anymore. Nobody wants it anymore. And so all, even China is going back to Confucianism. Marxism always hated, Chinese Marxism hated Confucianism. They're yeah. going back to Confucianism because they so ravaged their family with the one-child policy, and Confucianism sees the family as the microcosmic yeah. ideal society. That's, so everybody is going back to their traditions, their customs, yeah. and guess what, Sean? Constitutionalism is at the heart of American traditionalism. We're going to see a neo-constitutionalism rise up like you never dreamed. It's going to yeah. happen, and Love it's it, just going to have to be done in the flames of war. I mean, uh, metaphorically, this battle with yeah. crazy globalism, no question. Well, listen, I could talk to you forever, but obviously we're getting yelled at in the air. I want to thank you, Stephen Turley, <laughs> for joining me. And at your next talk, please remind the people we should be nervous when both China and Russia have a lower tax rate than America. But thank you so much. <laughs> Amen, Sean. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Stephen Turley, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back after this. But ain't no sunshine when she's gone. You know, this was my favorite song ain't for a no t- period of time. Get this thing gone. in your head. Love it. You can join Genie Ives and Breakthrough Ideas for a conversation on CRT and education with Chris Rufo. He's an author, a filmmaker, and a researcher. 
on critical race theory, homelessness, and poverty, (laughs) the Democrat uh, pillars. Tickets are available, and all the details for the conversation with Chris Rufo will take place on October 28th at Abington Banquets in Glen Ellen. You can find out all about it at at Breakthrough-Ideas.com. That's Breakthrough-Ideas.com. And, um, you know, it's interesting when you look at the ramifications of Democrat policies. One of the things I wanted to to bring up in our conversation was how do we break the chain of Democrats capitalizing on their political failures? Because it seems to be the system that is working for them. And this notion that we uh, simply are, are subject to waiting for an election especially at this time in American history when many, many people have zero faith in the electoral system and the corruption in it. And if you mention it, it categorizes you in the same way it categorized the father who wanted to discuss the rape of his daughter in Virginia. But as I was talking to Stephen Turley, I felt good about it. I think that there are people that want to reestablish. I do think that in certain states it's past the point of no return. But I want to take your calls on it, 312-642-5600. I will open up the lines, and we will discuss it after this. She's getting into it. Here's some good news. A U.S. judge restrains United from placing employees that were receiving a COVID-19 vaccination exemption on unpaid leave. you imagine that? Court has to step in to stop the company from firing good people and good employees. I sure hope they do it with the police in Chicago because you're looking at losing about 1500 by January. And the last thing that sewer needs is less police. But I'll tell you, this call has me intrigued. Mary Lombard. Hi, I'm here. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Good. Um, just three comments and then you can chime in if you want. Um, so back Thanks. to Social Security. <laughs> my, my, you know, my sister recently died like five years ago, paid into to Social Security at six, from 16. She died at 58. And, and nobody oh. got that money. No. And number on. two, it's gone. And uh, number two, um, I did call my state um, senator and said, yeah, I want my Social Security money. And if you're not going to give it to me, then I want you to lower the age. Oh, we're working on that. You know, we're, we're trying to lower the age. And, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're not. And, and then thirdly is the pensions, the, the, the pensions for, like, part district employees and school employees. I mean, we're all paying for that. That's a guaranteed pension. That's a guaranteed retirement fund. But Social Security people don't have that. I mean, there's people that pay 50000 into it, and they're making a million six. Yeah. It, it's just preposterous, and it hasn't ended, and they know that there was a pension problem 20 years ago. Do you know the best way to survive? Do you know the best way to survive in Cuba, in Venezuela, in the former Soviet Union? Do you know the best way that a citizen could survive? To be a part of the Communist Party. It's the same way here, Mm -hmm. kid. Same way here. As for Social Security, don't give them the out of lowering the age. Simply say, I want my money back. I told them that. Yeah, I don't want to go on the dole. I don't want you to give me some agreement. Yeah, I like that. Let me tell you something, Mary. Whether you think it or not, you made him nervous. You made him nervous. Now, if three people call, he'll be real nervous. If 300,000 call. Why aren't 300,000 calling? Well, Mary, because, you know, unfortunately, 
People have accepted they have the slave mindset and they've accepted the scam and they've accepted that they're not entitled to their money, that they are, in fact, property of the government. That's what we got to beat here, Mary. Thank you for the call. And I think we can because there are people like me and you and Don in Bloomingdale who never believed it. Hi, Don. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking the call. Sean, you know, your your last guest just fired me up and, you know, we need a cheerleader. And that gave me a lot of encouragement. You win the war by battles, battle at a time. And uh, last night in St. Charles, a woman who's been given the St. Charles School District a hard time because her kindergartner and her second grader are forced to wear masks and all this other stuff, she's been badgered by people. And a couple weeks ago, the St. Charles police showed up at her uh, house and said that she was making threats to school board members, and she didn't. And so you mean they lied? The board last night. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So, so, so she went to the board meeting last night, and she asked the police to tell them who who made the complaint. And he said there really wasn't a complaint. They're just they're forced to come to the site to tell her. You know, I don't know what their position was, yeah. but anyway. So she went to the board meeting last night, and uh, she accused the woman of t- calling the police on her. The woman on the board, mm-hmm. and the woman accused her of. Um, slander, and she had the FOIA report in her hand. Nice. And and yeah, don't get mad, get even. And she, the the woman, resigned this morning. Don, let me ask you something. Do you find that to oh. be more exciting than if a hundred people took their kids out of that school today? Which would you find more exciting? At, at fighting back. You're darn right. This woman is a tough cookie, town yeah. girl. Not that it matters. But here's here's uh, my thing. It does matter because now I know she's attractive. Uh, here's the other thing <laughs> I'd like to focus on. I love all this story, but the fact that those kids show up is how they continue to get paid. You know how you hurt the self-aggrandizing Marxist fascist scum of the Democrat Party? You you interrupt their money. You keep you pull a hundred kids out of that school. They're firing five teachers. That's what I want. Thank you, Don, because the, uh, the other thing is you cannot get him fired. Now, I love this caller, and I have given him the way the name is supposed to be pronounced. He is Solomon from Buffalo Grove. Hey, Sean. I know it's Solomon. I like to call him Solomon. Hi, Solomon. <laughs> uh, and I love you too, Sean. Thank okay. you. <laughs> um, basically, uh, the, the way that, this, uh, that the government keeps... To, uh, keeps taking power and keeps, uh, you know, taking more and more of our freedoms away is just because we keep letting them. Like, it's just, uh, you know, just under this pandemic, for instance, we've, uh, you know, they've been, uh, they've been pushing mask mandates, they've been pushing vaccine mandates. You know, uh, Ben Shapiro just mentioned that the, uh, that, that his company, the Daily Wire, decided to fight back against the vaccine mandate. And, they were met with no resistance. Like yeah. that vaccine mandate has no uh, has absolutely nothing to it. And you know what I want to tell so many people in Chicago is yeah. that there are places where the government is not opposed to your freedom, but strengthens it. During the entire year of COVID, I came down here. And nobody restrained, no business closed, nobody said to me, put a mask on, nobody. Right now, the governor of this state, 
If a company takes the initiative to force employees to get a vaccine mandate, not only do they not have to get it, the company pays $5,000 per employee for intimidation. This is the kind of fight I like. I appreciate it, Solomon. Love the call. Victor, Midway. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Good, brother. How are you? Um, I got a kind of a financial question. I know it's kind of off top topic. No um, longer a registered investment advisor, just my opinion, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, so let's just say we keep going down this socialism, communist uh, movement, you know, mm-hmm. and let's say we don't get these elections fixed. People with stocks in the stock market, let's say we just switch to socialism. Those stocks, are the, is that now owned 100% by the government? It's not going to be that socialism. It's already, it's already been corrupted. We do not have a stock market. You have a corporatist index. That's what I call the Dow Jones. Dow Jones today was down 350 points. Towards the end of the day, the funny money came in. They started to buy the market. Nobody knows how. It wasn't people that were saying, hmm, I think the market's good here. I'm going to buy it. It was the government. For the last 18 months, the government has been buying the worst investment anybody could buy, unsecured corporate bonds. They've been doing this with not their money, but your money. So they have quietly backdoor nationalized all the companies thanks to 2020 COVID. And that was my with argument. That was my argument with Trump. He could have held them off. He did not. They tried to imitate the velocity of money. They pumped $6 trillion into the economy, and they don't know how to get it out. And their only answer now, you have this dimwit in, in office, and he's got his children surrounding him, these Marxist idiots like Pete Buttigieg, like Jen Psaki, and the rest of these idiots. And all they want to do is keep imitating and keep faking the velocity of money, which is why they have to pump $800 billion a month into an economy, not for the people. It doesn't help the people. It helps the illusion of an economy. So, Victor, my, my advice to you is to get out of debt Never be in debt. Everyone else is going to tell you to take debt. And and put your money in a quality state. That's my advice to you. All right? Thank you. Thank you. All right, 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this. He's leaving. We've got somebody here. I think we're going to break news. Somebody here doesn't think that we have mandates. I think you're wrong, Tom. And Cherville, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, Diapers Biden has not signed that executive order yet. All he did was a press conference, which means mm. the CEOs, of these, he hasn't signed anything yet, Sean. September 9th, executive order requiring coronavirus vaccines for all federal employees. Uh, in fact, the United States of America, including sections 3301, 3302, and 730, also uh, corporations with employees over 100, either either have to um, force vaccines or or they have to um, test them weekly was the original executive order. By the time they're done, it'll be daily. But there is an executive order for federal employees. And what he did, furthermore, is is uh, suggest governors do the same, and that's the pushback you're seeing now. And then there were governors like um, Abbott and DeSantis who 
issued executive orders canceling, negating that, and making it illegal in those states. So there's a real fight going on, Tom. I don't think the people are aware of it. Um, no, but, I'm in that fight. I think most people, I don't know about most people are, yeah. but people need to be aware of it and they need to fight it. And you know, Tom, the, the reality is, think about what we're talking about. How in the world could the government of a free country of America literally force people to put something in their body? I don't give a rip what the excuse is. Just that base principle. I don't live for anyone else. And I don't give a rip if someone, you're afraid, then get away from me. But I'm not going to put that in my body. But thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Everybody can do what they want, though. And if you believe, if you believe under warp speed that they were able to produce a vaccine in months, and if you ignore the reality of people having adverse effect, not a lot. I don't care if it's 1%. After all, the virus only kills 05 of everybody infected. Thank God it was developed in China where nothing works, and it was only 995 survival rate. You should be very afraid, though. The reason that the governors are like Pritzker are afraid is because 80% of those people that die are clinically obese. Does explain why the teachers union all wants it. Those are some heifers. Terror. Wait a minute. Billy. LaSalle County. Hi, Bill. Hey, thanks for taking my call, son. Hey. One of the things that uh, uh, Janet Yellen might be getting at is a lot of these. I, I'm, a, I'm a delivery driver for a major food corporation, mm-hmm. and I uh, deliver to a lot of little independent stores. And you'd be surprised how many stores pay employees cash under the table and mm-hmm. then bill it to their miscellaneous ex- expense accounts. Um, yeah. You know, and that re- obviously there's no Social Security being paid on it. There's no income tax being paid. You know what's paid. interesting, though, Bill? I, they never. Who taxes what the lobbyist bribes the politician with? Is that taxed? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. no. See, not. to me, if you wanted to really tax something, I think we should tax Nancy Pelosi and her husband, who by somehow have timed everything perfectly to make $500 million. In fact, what we should do to get started on some fascism, let's take that money and put it towards the bill. Then we could take Mitch McConnell's money, just to keep things fair, and put it towards the bill. It's a lot better than them taking your bill, your money. That's how I view it. But then again, I'm an American. Miles, Terry, I'm sorry I didn't get to you. Um, but there's always tomorrow. I'll be back in 21 hours. And the, the atrocity by the dementia-ridden dimwits we call Democrats will continue. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.